So we're going to tell you a little bit about a church we have in Africa and ask you guys to help us with something before we get into the Bible. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. So, Megan, tell us about Africa. So, uh, yeah, Africa is a <laughs> continent, <Okay>. and there's <laughs> a country, the there's a country in Africa called Zambia, and we have a church in Zambia that we've had there for about 11 years mm-hmm. now. And so there are kids, um, they actually did this about seven hours ago. There are kids that come and learn about God, and there are adults that come and learn about God and worship Him there. And But the thing is, um, there are a lot of kids that don't have any access to school or education over in Zambia. And so when we went over there, um, when Pastor Ryan and Katar and myself um, and Miss Erica went over there, last year we thought, um, well, hey, we got to start this school, right? Because kids need to learn. Um, and the reason they need to learn is so that they can solve problems in our world, not just because learning's a good thing, but because there are some problems that need to be solved, and we need their creativity to do that. So um, we have a school that is starting. We wanted it to start last spring, but because of a big cholera outbreak, um, the Ministry of Education made some new rules around um, schools and what they had to offer, so even more schools were shut down. And we wanted to make sure that we wouldn't be. So we spent the last year building some more and getting everything ready for the curriculum, which is, uh, you know, the materials. So there are two big obstacles to education in Africa. One is teacher training. And um, the other one is that they don't have access to educational content and materials. So we thought, well, really, since a lot of teachers in Zambia that are in these um, more vulnerable areas and developing areas of the world don't have access to continuing education as teachers. They can't remain what we would call content experts. So like if you went into a, a lot of classrooms here in the States, the teacher that's teaching English knows a lot about English. And so they de- like impart that information to the students and that's how they learn. Whereas in Zambia, the teachers can't impart the information. So we thought, well, what if we don't train teachers? What if we train learning facilitators and people that can champion kids' learning because y'all just naturally learn, right? So if we can do that and provide the content over the Internet, then the kids have excellent content, they have trained teachers, and they have more than they could possibly imagine in terms of resources to actually meet the needs in their community and solve problems there. So um, we did call the school the Center for Success School in Africa for the past five years where we were building it, but it actually needs to become its own organization to sustain itself. So that's what's happening, and it's called the Kelelo School. Was just named a can couple. We, can we say that together? Yeah, Kalelo. 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 Kids got it better than me. You guys now know K-lay-lo. a tribal African word. So Kalelo is a Tongan word that means everyone's right to a full life, mm. and um, it includes the right to information and the right to education. So uh, this last year, we set up internet access at this school. And right now, we're getting ready to take a team over at the end of the month. God's House is partnering with Larksong because we've developed the curriculum that will be delivered at this school. Larksong's a nonprofit here in town that I run. And so 
Um, the curriculum is getting ready. We're working with Miss Erica Horner and Annette, Lewis Magruder, and Evan Gilmore, and Erica Iyer, and my mom, Karen Smith, um, to get the curriculum all ready to take over. Uh, Pastor Ryan helped us get a donation of 200 tablets so the kids and teachers can yeah. access the curriculum and internet on those tablets from the school. The school uh, building project is they're putting fi like final touches. It'll be done in two weeks. The desks have been delivered. Everything is mm -hmm. getting ready to go. So uh, the five people, six people I mentioned, along with Pastor DJ and Wes are gonna Wesley Stark are gonna go over to Africa to Zambia at the end of November. So as we've kind of launched into this it's been more than we could ask or imagine hmm. and everything we've needed has been provided up until this point and so there are two things that we still need that we wanted to ask for your help around one is just funding for our trip the funding for the curriculum and other things like that is taking place through some grants and um <laughs> which we have applied for and are declaring we will get it's, at the end of this, November. This, this so, <laughs> um, uh, but the trip over will cost around um, around sixteen to eighteen thousand dollars, depending on the price of the tickets when we purchase them. So we had a dinner where several of you gave very generously mm -hmm. last Sunday. We were able to raise um, right around fifty five hundred dollars at the dinner, which takes care of a huge chunk. Yeah. But we're still about ten thousand dollars short of what we need. So we wanted to let you guys know that and ask you to give this morning if you were able um, to meet that need. And also, um, there's some things we would like to take over with us. So Pastor Burgess would really like to expand his library of Bible study materials and things like that. He has his Bible and like three books, mm. and he studies those three books constantly. Mm. So if you love studying the Bible and might have some extra books yeah. or a one that you just think he would really love, you could bring that to the Connect desk in the next couple of weeks, um, and we'll take that over to him. The other thing that we are going to do, the kids need uniforms, but we're going to actually um, employ a Zambian tailor to make those uniforms rather than having Zambian kids run around in British and American uniforms. <laughs> we're going to um, employ a tailor uh, and help the economy there flourish so that he can can make with his apprentices um, uh, 250 kids uniforms. So we, we need that, but we what we do want to take over that aren't uniforms are underwear and undershirts and socks. In, so get your little pen out because I'm telling you what sizes we so need. So your kids, okay? kids have any extra underwear? Yeah. So we need, <laughs> we need sizes like 4T, so toddler 4, 4T through about a kid's 14, kid size 14, okay? So we need it boys and girls, and so we'll be collecting those here. Um, if you or your organization or a group of um, friends want to, like, go out and gather that yeah. up for us, it's a huge, huge blessing. Those sorts of things are much more expensive in Zambia than they are here. Um, and so we'll be taking those over as well. Okay, so awesome. two things. Need some additional funding if you can help us uh, with the tickets. 
one of the reasons that we're, we're all going over now, one is the register, we have to train the teachers and the school administrators in how to use the digital platform. The kids get it. You put a, plat, a tablet in a kid's hand, whether it's here or Zambia or China, they know how to use it. But the teachers don't have that context. So we'll teach them how to use it. That's one reason we're going over um, and then the other reason is that they really need help with their worship team, which might sound odd, but um, <laughs> they really need help with their worship team because they only had one keyboard and one mic that they've had for 11 years. Like, um, not 11 because it took them a while to get it, but let's say like eight years, right? Mm-hmm. So same mic for eight years in a Zambian climate, um, and they've they figured out how to keep making it work. But when I was there a year ago, it was sparking when you talked into it. And the keyboard just went out um, a couple months ago. So and Megan just... and I are going to have to speak when we're there. So if you don't want us to blow up, you can help. Right. No, <laughs> can help with that. So what we found was to get them what they were wanting, which is basically just a guitar. They want a guitar, a keyboard, and a bass, and a couple amps and microphones. Over there would cost between twenty and $25,000. So, but for us to just take them over as luggage costs less than 5000 just sending two people over with, with that. So uh, we are also collecting, if you're a musician and you mm-hmm. have an extra guitar or amp or mic that isn't sparking, <laughs> um, we would love for you to make an in-kind donation of that. So yeah. you can talk with uh, Pastor DJ or myself about any of those things. Yeah. How do we want to do? Yeah, so we want to just take, right now in the service, just take an offering for Zambia. And I know that's we just took another offering. So I'm going to just ask the ushers, if you guys will just kind of, I know the kids are up here too, but if you want to just stand right here behind the kids, I don't know if you kids want to give as well, if you have anything, you can. But if you have anything or you feel like, as Megan's been talking, that you want to partner with what's happening in Africa, um, this is really awesome, guys. This is a project the church has been working on for a decade, over a decade now. And uh, this is an opportunity for us as a church really to finish off the project piece of it. And then from there on, we just work on the sustaining God's house. Zambia ministry and Lark Song and other groups are working on sustaining the school. And what's really cool, guys, this is what I love about this church and about um, what I believe God is calling God's house as a whole to, is to be a church that plants churches. And so as Zambia, as we have over the last 10 years raised money for them, they've also been raising money too. So it's not just us paying for them. They take offerings. They raise other, um, through other fundraising things too. But they have now started planting churches. And so when we're over there um, in the end of November, I'm going to be working with Pastor Burgess, but also two new pastors of church plants that God's House Zambia is starting this year. So that's like incredible. And so just know that as you're partnering with them, um, you're partnering with us here, you're partnering with everything uh, that God is doing, and I believe it's going to be an incredible year. So if you ushers could just stand there for a minute, if you can give something, that would be awesome. Uh, and we'll take just a minute to do that. Kids, if you want to give, and then we'll jump into the word, all right? Yeah, if you can give, that would be great. Also, if you're like, hey, I can commit to bringing underwear or socks yeah. or whatever in the next two weeks, if you could just write that down on like the back of yeah. a piece of paper or the back of a, one of the blue envelopes and bring that up and drop it Yeah, or if you have a guitar or something that you could give. That would be great. Suitcases. Um, yeah, Erica's and saying. then Erica... I love her. We also, <laughs> if you have like a large traveling suitcase, you know, one of them that's hard to lift up and you're like, we don't use this and we could donate that to Zambia. We'll use that yeah. to take the 
underwear and so- well to all- take all the yeah. supplies over in um, rather than buying those new for like yeah. a couple hundred dollars. Awesome. It would be great to just have them. Awesome. So, and um, then, Jim, I'm going to yeah. ask too, if at the end of service, you guys will stand by the back door. So if anyone wants to give as they go to, that'd be awesome. But thank you guys who are partnering with us. We were really excited how much we raised on Sunday too. So yeah. God's in it. Cool. Yeah. For those of you that have already given. Yes. Um, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. It's a huge blessing. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Can we give it up for Megan? All right, guys. So kids. Well, this is like, this is kind of, I kind of like this. Nice. That's kind of nice. Yeah. It is nice. All right, cool. So I'm going to talk to you guys for a few minutes this morning out of the Bible. Is that cool? You guys know the Bible, right? Because you are downstairs every week and you're learning incredible things about the Bible. And upstairs, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Do you guys know who the Holy Spirit is? Yeah. yeah. Who's the Holy Spirit? Can you tell me? Your best friend. Your best friend. That is awesome. That is so good. Anybody else? Who's the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the characteristic, or God. It's actually the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is all one. So yes, that's correct. Cool. Anybody else? Josiah's got one. Our God. Ooh, that's good, dude. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay, so let's do this. Let's pray real quick, and then we'll jump into Isaiah and talk about the Holy Spirit and what that means for our lives, all right? Can you guys pray with me? God, thank you uh, for an opportunity to open your word and to uh, feed hungry people this morning. Lord, I pray that even as we open your word and begin to talk about you and your kingdom and what we're called to as a church and as people who follow you, God, that you just put such a hunger and a thirst in us for more of you and for more of your kingdom, God. Would you then come and fill us up by the power of your Holy Spirit so that you can send us out to be everything that you've called us to be, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, cool. If you've got your Bible... I'm going to stand up for a moment. I'll, start, I'll stand up and sit down and back and forth with you guys. All right, cool. But if you got your Bible, if you guys can grab it out. And we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 61. And here's the title of the message today, all right? The title of the message today is You've Got the Power. Woo! Woo! Who said that? Was that a kid or was that an adult? All right. You've got the power. And so if you want to look at Isaiah chapter 61, and we're going to look um, at verses 1 through, we're going to start with verses 1 uh, and we're going to go on till I stop. All right. Awesome. Let's go. Here we go. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair." They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks and foreigners will work in your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priest of the Lord. The Lord will be named, the Lord will be named ministers of our, or you will be, I'm sorry, and you will be named ministers of our God, and you will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, and so they will inherit a double portion in the land, and everlasting joy will be theirs. 
For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I'll renew them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All of them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as the bride adorns herself with jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. That's good. Like, that's a good passage there that we could just stay on probably for the rest of our lives. Because here's what this whole passage is about in a nutshell. What Isaiah the prophet is telling us, and guys, as kids, this is for you too. I love right at the very beginning, he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. You know what that means? It means the Holy Spirit is alive in you. Which means when he's writing this, God's word is alive for all generations. So when he's writing this to the people of that time, it also means it applies to you. And so God's spirit is on you. And God's spirit comes on you. I love this. I was looking up this morning, trying to look up the word anointing and what it means in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for anointing is mashka. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how it's spelled. That's the English way to pronounce a Hebrew word. It's probably not, but... But anointing means to be smeared in, rubbed all over. But here's what's interesting about the time when this passage was written. At this time, anointing was, was something they would do with oil. So they'd take oil and they would anoint people with oil. And they would pour it down them. And in Psalm 133, it talks about how they'd pour it on their head and it would flow down the beard. Because if you're bald like me, it immediately goes to your beard, right? Right on down. But anointing was reserved for the high priest and the prophets and people who were like what we call like pastors in our day today or government officials. So when Isaiah is speaking here, he's speaking what would be called a prophetic word, which just simply means to declare what's to come and to, to say what you're going to see in the future. So for you kids, you might be like, what, is, what does that mean? Do you ever have a time when you're like looking forward to something really exciting? Like what are you guys looking forward to right now? Anybody got something? Anybody looking forward to summer already? <laughs> Christmas. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Who else is looking forward to Christmas? Halloween. Halloween is tomorrow, which means in my house, Christmas starts on Tuesday. Yes! A lot of you know where I live, and you'll drive by, and don't worry, it's coming. All right, so, so when you're looking forward to Christmas, sometimes do you get really excited and you start to say what you hope happens at Christmas? Like, what do you say? Like, I hope what? You hope you get a present. Me too, bro. That's awesome. I hope I get a present. I hope I get to eat the cookie. I hope I get to eat the cookie that what? At nighttime. At nighttime. <laughs> I hope I get to eat the cookie at nighttime. Awesome. So you get excited and you start saying what I hope is to come. Now here's what's really cool about the Holy Spirit. And you guys probably know this because I know some of you, so I know you know this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will put something inside of you that makes you have to say something, then you don't know where it came from. Do you ever have that feeling? Yeah. Yeah, Brayden, my little buddy Brayden's right here. Brayden, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on you, okay, bro? Yeah, Brayden's awesome. That was his mom, right? Yeah. Um, so Brayden, can you stand up, Brayden, say hi? Hi. 
I love this kid. So when I first moved here last, uh, about eight months ago, and I've told the story before if you were here, but I want the kids to hear this too, to know what it's like to hear the Holy Spirit. Because when I first moved here, I was starting to um, talk a lot about how we want to be a church that prays and a church that worships and all these things. And I, I was talking about how I come over here during the week and I, I sit where you guys are at or sometimes I lay on the floor and I pray and, 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 and I play music off of my phone because I didn't know how to turn the sound stuff on because this stuff's really intimidating. And so I just put my phone by my head so I can hear it. But sometimes I get up and I like walk up and down the pews and I'll be, I just pray for the church and I, I pray for God to show us where to go as a church and pray for Zambia and all the things that we're doing for the Center for Success, and, and, and I have to have my phone, so I just kind of carry it in my back pocket, and it's kind of quiet. But I just walk around, and I listen to worship music, and I pray. And so one day I wasn't home, but I got a text from Brayden's mom, and she said, are you home? And I said, no, but Kelsey is. And she said, well, we have something we want to drop off. And so she went over to our house and dropped off this speaker. And with this speaker, I got this letter from Brayden. He said, dear Pastor DJ, I remembered when you said you wanted a speaker. I hope you enjoy it from Brayden. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm 31, guys, and I've gotten a lot of cool gifts in my life. You know, like presents from grandparents and things people have gotten me. But when you get something like this, it's totally different. Because you know that it comes from a heart that's pure and a heart that's listening to God. And somehow when Brayden heard me say that I walk around here and pray, something inside of him said, I want to give him my speaker so he has music to worship with. Is that not incredible? Like if we ever think that kids can't respond to the Holy Spirit, we are wrong as adults. But here's the thing for adults. Sometimes we think as we become adults, oh, that's for the kids. They are, they're crazy downstairs. Like sometimes you hear them worshiping down there and they're jumping around and they're yelling and they're screaming and where they, they need to have some order, right? I know, I'm an adult. There's times when, when my 16-month-old is running around the house and, and pots, pots and pans are literally, literally flying out of the, the drawers and, and all the Tupperware is going all over the kitchen and he's just having a great time and I'm sitting in the middle of it like, because ah, I'm an OCD neat freak. And, and there's just stuff all over my kitchen and my chicken's burning on the stove because I'm trying to save him from jumping or into a drawer and, and, and it's like really chaotic, but it's beautiful. Because Weston is experimenting and he's learning and he's beginning to see things in the world at 16 months old that he's never seen before. And if we as adults ever try to limit God within our kids, that ain't good. I just said ain't. Don't say eight, guys. Say it isn't, okay? But, but here's the deal. Sometimes, sometimes we look at, at, at the next generation and we say, what do we really have to give them? And what I want to talk about this morning is that we have the Holy Spirit who's given us power to preach good news, to proclaim freedom. There's so much out of Isaiah 61, and I don't want to be here all day, so I'm just going to go through some of it, and we'll see where we get. Is that okay, guys? All right, so let's look at this first off. The first thing that the Holy Spirit comes on us, and the Isaiah the prophet is declaring the future because of what God told him to say, is he says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor. That's pretty cool. Now, here's something I think sometimes when we hear words like that. Do you guys know what it means to be poor? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Some of us know what it means to be poor. Some of us in here would look at our lives and say, I am what represents poor. But what I love about God is God doesn't say the Spirit of the Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor if I'm rich. 
He says, my spirit is on you to preach good news to the poor. He doesn't say you can preach good news to the poor once you turn 18. He says, my spirit is on you to preach good news to the poor. And so the Holy Spirit comes on Isaiah and he begins to declare this. And he says, God's spirit is on me to preach good news to the poor. And so what I want you kids to know, and I want your parents and all the adults here to know this morning, is wherever you are in your life right now, if you've given your life to God, the Holy Spirit is alive in you. Sometimes we don't activate it when it's inside of us. Sometimes we don't use it there. But his anointing is on you and his Holy Spirit is in you to preach good news to the poor. Who's the poor? I think sometimes we live in a society where we think the poor means how much money you have or how much money you don't have or the kind of house you live in or if you have a car. You know what's crazy, guys? There's some of you here this morning that drove here in a car and it's like old and it's a beater and it's jankety and you're just like, I'm poor because I got a jankety car. But did you know that only 8% of the world actually has a car? 8% of the world has a car. Which means if you're here and you're poor, that's not even really poor compared to so much of the world. They don't even have cars. And it also means even if you're here and you're like, I'm poor and I can't give in offerings and all that, God doesn't care. What he wants is a heart that says, I will preach good news everywhere I go. Which means when I'm walking down the street and I see someone and they're, 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 they're sitting there and they look like really like they're crying or maybe they're having a bad day and I'm just like, I, I got to go preach to this person. I got to go tell them that God loves them. That's what preaching means. It means to tell them the good news that God loves them, that there's hope for them. And I think sometimes us as adults, we're like, well, I don't know if it's, it's, this is, you know, I was walking into CVS this week and This guy just started talking to me and just unloading his life on me and I didn't have time. But immediately the Holy Spirit, in fact, well, actually, okay, let me not, I'm not gonna brag on myself. Let me me tell this story the correct way. I didn't have time, so I blessed him, you know, like James. Be warm and well-fed and have a wonderful life. I gotta get my milk. And I went back into CVS and I got milk for Weston and I was driving back out of the parking lot and I'd saw, seen that the guy was just sitting out there again in his car and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, go back and talk to him. And I was like, come on, God. Because here's the thing. I'm going to be real, okay, kids? You're in here today. You're going to know this is your pastor. I'm really real. Sometimes I'm afraid to really let go and let God like, rule my life. Because when the Holy Spirit comes and begins to tell you things, sometimes it's scary. You guys ever had something that your parents asked you to do and it was kind of like, I don't want to do that. Have you ever had something that God's asked you to do and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go talk to that kid because they might ever, if I go talk to the kid that everyone calls the weird kid, they might think I'm weird. But when God's spirit comes on you, you begin to see everybody the same. You see these people that were created in the image of a God who loves them and maybe they don't even know that. And so when you show up because the Holy Spirit's in you, your job is to go preach good news to them. And so I turned my car around and did kind of a Yui thing on Nebraska and drove back into CVS and went over and I said to this guy, this is, this, was, this is awkward. I'm just being real. It's awkward. I was like, I don't know why I'm back here, but I feel like God told me to come talk to you. Do you need anything? And he said, yeah, I really could use some prayer in my life. And so we sat in a parking lot and I grabbed his hand out my car window and his, into his car and prayed over this guy in CVS parking lot. And I thought, man... I could have missed that because I'm on my busy schedule and I don't have time and the Holy Spirit wouldn't ask me to do it in CVS. It's only at church, right? 
right? Like, he, like it's not like the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to do that at school. Yeah, he will, guys. You know why? Because you as followers of Jesus have something that people don't have and they need. And so God's Spirit comes on you to preach that good news to the poor and to proclaim the gospel, which is the love of Jesus to the world. There's a verse I want to look at this morning. Now, this is, this is where I'm just going to be real, guys, all right? I didn't want to preach this verse, but God told me to. That's the problem. Sometimes when you listen to God, he'll tell you things and it scares you because you're like, but Lord, what if that actually happens? What, what, if, what if you actually are who you said you are? Do you guys want to hear a really cool verse about who Jesus is and what, what the gospel encompasses? So I think sometimes we think the gospel is that we come into church and we say, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. And then we go home and everything's just normal. And so lately I've been praying. Do you guys pray? Do kids pray? Do you ask God for like some weird things sometimes? And, and here's what I know about you kids downstairs. You guys see some of those things. We hear about it up here. We hear about the people you pray for that get healed. You guys are faithful. You're incredible. But as adults, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, God. Like, if you really did what's in this book, then I'd be one of them crazy pastors. And I don't want to be crazy because I'm pretty cool, I think. And I think trendy, you know, cool pastor, if I get some cool glasses and, you know, drive a cool car. And, like, that whole thing would be really cool. But I don't want to actually preach the gospel. Because when people start doing what the gospel says, it might get a little crazy. Listen here to Mark chapter 16. Jesus is talking about the good news again. He says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. And whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then he says, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And, and, and when they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them. And they will place their hands on the sick and people will get well. Whoa. Can you guys imagine if a snake was here right now? And I just went, I just hope you know, this pastor doesn't have enough faith because if there's a snake here right now, I'd be out there. Just for the record, one of you... One of you woodsy people, you can come save me because I don't do snakes. <laughs> this is not a lie. I'm having dreams because this is the first time I've ever been to Africa. I've traveled a lot of the world, but I've never been to Africa. And all the places I've gone have had a lot of poverty, but they didn't have snakes. And I'm having dreams of waking up and snakes. And I'm, I'm, I've been told there's not many snakes who are going to sleep with us, but, uh, you know. But what if I had the kind of faith that was like, it's just a snake. God's given me the power through his Holy Spirit to pick that thing up. It, 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 and it died. See, here's the thing, guys. We, we live in a culture where we don't really see a lot of that kind of stuff. But all over the world, that kind of stuff is happening. And just like Isaiah came to God's people and said, I'm going to proclaim this to you. I'm going to tell you what I believe God is going to do for us. That's what I felt like God said to me this week. And I didn't want to say it, right? In fact, it took about, I'm in life coach training right now. So it took about seven sessions of being coached to get up here and say this to you guys. I'm being real. Because I don't want to be, I don't want to be crazy. And Megan Gilmore looked at me yesterday and she goes, what if the Holy Spirit actually is who he said he is? And I was like, oh, dang it. What's incredible, guys, is when we begin to preach the good news and we look at sick people and we pray over them, we see them healed, and we see people that are, that are going through really hard times, we pray over them, we see their situation turn around, and we see people encounter God in, in ways that maybe doesn't seem normal to us, that's the kingdom of God being built. 
That's preaching the good news to the poor. That's proclaiming who God is. And sometimes as a pastor, I like want to come way back here and be like, no, it's just cooler to just talk to you, right? Like it's cooler to look cool. And I felt like this week God was like, it ain't about looking cool. Because there's a broken world out there, guys, that needs us. They need you. First, second, third grade, kindergarten. I don't care what grades you guys are in. They need you to go and proclaim and to listen to God inside of you. They need you in those moments when you feel like God says, go give this away, that you just say, I'll just go do it. Even though it's weird. When he says, turn that car around and go back there, you're just gonna go and you can just say to the person, that's what's so cool. It doesn't have to be weird. You can say, I don't even know why I'm here, but I feel like God told me to come here. What if you guys did that for your friends? What if you listened to God in such a way that he just empowered you to go speak good news to everyone that you meet, I think we would see something happen. Not just in our church, guys. I think we'd see something happen in our world. We're still in verse one. This isn't good. Um, It's okay. We got more Sundays. You don't have to say it all in one. Just look at verse two. He said, or not, still, actually, this is still verse one. So let's just finish verse one. He sent me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, a day of vengeance of our God. If you're taking notes this morning, there's a few things that'll come up on the screen. And we'll close on this. The three things I wanted to have you write down and we'll, I think we'll just continue this next week. So come back, all right? Come back next week. Keep on Isaiah 61. But um, there's three things you need to know about God's power. Because remember I started out saying you've got the power. See, sometimes I think we think I don't have, I don't have that power. And if you're here and you're like, well, I don't have that power, then we'll pray for you at the end, okay? But you're like, as people, I'm talking to those of you who's, who, who have given your life to Christ and you, you call yourself a Christian. You've got that power inside of you. My question is, why don't we use it? I was thinking this morning about oil and how engine oil, and you can have an engine, and you can have a car, and you can have a motor, but if you don't have oil, you can't turn that motor on, right? What'll happen? I've done it like twice or three times in my life. I've blown up a lot of cars. (laughs) Dad, my car's making this noise. Pull over! Next thing I know, boom, it's gone, and I'm like, oh no, not another one. It's just not, you know. So, but, but when I put the oil in it, It works, right? And it goes. And I think what we got to understand, guys, with having the power is we already have the oil. God's spirit is already on us. It's what we're going to do with it. Here's the thing that I know about God that I'm finding out in my own life. If I don't seek him, I won't find him. Because he's not going to chase you and be like, beat you over the head and be like, you got you to gotta listen and you got to be right and you disobeyed your parents. He's not going to do that to you guys. He's not going to do that to you guys. But man, when you get down in your closet or in your bedroom before you get ready for school or work and you just say, God, I give myself to you today. Do what you got to do with me. It, it starts getting scary because he asks you to do some scary things. But it's the most amazing scary thing because when you pray for someone, and then you watch that person be healed, that's pretty cool, isn't it? You guys did that downstairs a few weeks ago, didn't you? Was that pretty cool? Yeah, it's incredible when you actually watch the gospel become alive in our lives. And so you're writing a couple things down, Annette, if you can throw those up there. The Holy Spirit gives us power to share the gospel. 
The Holy Spirit gives us power to proclaim freedom. Hope you can write fast because we're running. All right. And the last one is the Holy Spirit gives us power to restore. When we take up an offering for Africa, it's not because we're like, we're just looking for things to do. Like if you all look up, you can see that our ceiling's trying to fall in. You know what I mean? Like this, we're very aware that a church our size and with the budgets we live on shouldn't be trying to go help people in Africa. Why do we do it? Because the spirit of the Lord is on us to preach good news and proclaim freedom. And part of proclaiming freedom in a country and even in a city and even in a town in that city in a country where 51,000 kids are in that country and there's only enough education for 10,000 of them, that's freedom to bring education to them. So that's why we do it. Because we realize that 92% of the world has less than we have, even those of us that are here struggling. So it's kind of stupid. Why, why do we keep doing the center over there? It's kind of crazy. A lot of people would look at our church and say, why, why do all that? You got enough going on. You got to fix your building and we're working on that. We're applying for different grants and trying to get things. We're going to be talking more about that over the next few months. It's all of it. It's not like you neglect one and the other. I love it says it's on us to restore ancient ruins, which sometimes I think what the church in America does is we focus so much on what's going on overseas and we neglect what God is doing here. And now we got all these dilapidated churches all over the place because people have just been like, well, we'll get up in the kingdom being built here. We'll just go there. No, it's all-inclusive. It's all of it. And here's the thing, guys. We don't have a lot of money, but we don't have to have a lot of money because we got the Holy Spirit. And when he comes on you, he doesn't say the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then if you do the right thing and say the right stuff, eventually he might give you the power to speak freedom. No, it says he comes on you and he anoints you. He drenches you. He rubs oil all over you so you can proclaim the gospel and proclaim freedom. That's what God does for us, all right? So I'm gonna invite you guys to stand with me this morning. You could stand up. You girls are awesome cleaning up your little... Can I see that? This is cool. See, this is what they do. Some of you adults, should, you could listen better if you do that. You just... Rip paper as you go, because you're like, I get that. I've got to doodle something. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Here's what I want to close this morning. I didn't get to any of my notes. didn't get to anything I wanted to say, but that's okay. I want to close by telling you guys a story. Not even a story. I want to close by telling you guys something that Pastor Burgess from Africa told us this last week. He sent a video over. And in the video, he was thanking everybody that came to the Africa dinner last week. And he said... Um, he wished he could be there. And then he began to talk prophetically, which means to declare the future and what he saw. And he said, I believe in 2017 that it's going to be a year of God's favor and that right now God's house, both in America and in Africa, is pregnant. But in 2017, we're going to give birth to something. And I felt like this morning... I was talking to Miss Annette about this because I came in here this morning and I texted our staff and elders and I said, guys, there's something going on in here today. Like I walked in that back door and Annie was out here singing oceans and I walked in here and the people that were supposed to be doing jobs were just like, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, and, and I felt like I was talking to Annette about pregnancy. I've never been pregnant. I know it might surprise you because I like to eat, but like, here's the thing about when you're pregnant for something. 
I was talking to Annette about it, and she was telling me about her pregnancy and, and the labor pains. Anybody have pain in their life? Yeah, you kids, even your kids got pain in your life. As she was talking about the labor pains, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, just tell the church that we're about to give birth, so of course there's going to be pain. But then I heard him say this. When we give birth, which I believe God's doing even right now and what's happening in our church, guys, I can tell you stories all day long about what's happening in people's lives. But when we give birth, it's on. Because here's the thing. (laughs) I'm trying to be nice, and there's kids here. But you can't push a baby back in. Right? Once that sucker's out, it's out. And it's like, hello, world. I'm here. And it doesn't matter how bad you're like, I didn't want to be a parent. I don't want this. And you, 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 can't, you can't do it. You can't push a baby back in. And I felt like as I was talking to Annette, God just said, this church is giving birth to something. God is doing something amazing here in Marion and Zambia. Yeah. And, and what's so great is it doesn't matter what we do except seek God because he's going to do it all. Because once that baby comes out, we don't, oh no, what do we, oh, oh shoot, are we, maybe we didn't need it. Are we put, oh no, like, no, we just let the baby grow and we see what God does and we give the Holy Spirit room to move in our lives. And I'm not just talking about in the church service, I'm talking about in our lives that we're sensitive enough that when we're at school or at home or driving down the road and God says, stop and help that person, we don't think we're too busy. We just stop and say, how can I help you? And maybe it's an opportunity to proclaim the gospel or freedom to that person. I'm talking about that kind of movement. And when Pastor Burgess said that on Sunday night, something to me got like, oh yeah, here we go. I've talked to a lot of you that have said that to me. Something's happening in this church and I feel like as a pastor, it's really easy to miss God sometimes. Yesterday, I was like, God, I just don't know. Like this message is not, you know, three points in a poem and all the cool quotes and you know, notes and quotes and all the stuff that I like to look cool. Because I like to, I'm just real. I like to look cool. You guys, you look cool, dude. Give me a five. I love your shirt. Yes. See, that's what I like to be. Cool too. But here's the thing. You can look cool and actually be cool by saying what God says to say. And yesterday I felt like God said this to me. He said, DJ, here's your problem. You are always waiting for me to move. But actually I'm waiting for you. I'm like, man, God, if you just show up, if you just do this, if you just bless them, if you give us the money to fix the building and finish Africa and start more centers and start more churches and, and all this stuff, and God's like, look, I'm here waiting, but you won't let, you're like this, God help me, because you know, I don't want it to be weird, and I don't, you know, okay. And, and God's like, let go and step in. Because when you bring your whole self, God's like, I'll bring my whole self. And together we will co-create my kingdom on the earth and the devil won't be able to stop it. And that's where the snakes come in. Things will try to disrupt it and change it and defeat it. And we'll just crush the head of that snake and we'll say, you got no control here. We will change this city. We will see revival break out. We will see people healed and delivered and set free by the power of God. We will go out of these walls and proclaim free Freedom, freedom to every broken place, to every captive, every chain. And so, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that something is being birthed in this ministry, God. Lord, that we are giving birth to something new. Lord, that your Holy Spirit is moving in our lives, and that's not about a church service. It's about each one of us individually listening to your voice and doing what you ask us to do building your kingdom 
I pray this morning for every kid here. God, let them know who they are in you. Let them know that you said if we don't become like a little child, we can't even step into your kingdom. So God, I pray this church would just become a bunch of crazy kids, God. Man, that other people would look at us and go, those people are nuts. They need to get it together. God, I want to be nuts for you. I pray you give us that kind of power and that kind of passion, God. I pray that it wouldn't be about us and them, even within our own church. It wouldn't be about the leadership and people who just attend. It wouldn't be about the kids or the youth. It'd be all of us together, God, building your kingdom and watching our city change. And then from this city to other cities and from this continent to other continents, not because we're so good, but because you're so good. And we just dared to step in to what you already have waiting for us. And so this morning, I just want to say, if you're here and you say, look, What you're saying is resonating inside of me and I know that I just need more of God. That's just all I want to ask this morning. If you say, I need more of God, would you just shoot your hand up right now? I need more of God. Oh my God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the heart of a church who says, I want more of you. So I just say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are yours. Fill us up and send us out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together and thank God? You're so good, Lord. Thank you, God. Ah, wow. Sorry, wow. I've never seen that many hands. Okay, amazing. You guys are awesome. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving God. Kids, thank you for loving God, all right? Go out and preach the gospel. Let's be his church, all right? All right, before we go, if you need prayer for anything in your life, our prayer workers will be down here in the altar. If you want to find out anything about the church or your first time with us, you can go to the Connect Desk back there and they can help you out. Remember, if you want to give to Africa, we'll have an usher at the back door. And before we go, all right, kids, you guys know what we say at the end of services? What do we say? Come here, Chris. Oh, and the Center for Success bags are back there. Thank you, Miss Erica, that you can grab to fill up. All right, and Chris is going to help me. Chris, you got to get real close. Ready? What do we say at the end of service? Amen. Oh. <laughs> we say, we say, my best and most blessed days are ahead of me. We can hear you. Oh, my oh. best and most blessed days are ahead All of me. All right, now say it with them. Here we go. One, two, three. My, my best, best and most blessed days, days are ahead of me. Love you guys. See you back next week. <laughs> <laughs>